As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. You better not have no plans tonight. Movie time and it's feeling right. Find it Thank you for tuning into Romancing the Pod. You had us at hello. I'm Paige Wesley. I'm Mikey Randolph. And I'm Todd Schlosser. And this week, Paige made us watch About Last Night. Night. Have you seen this, Paige? Yes, I saw this in theaters. So okay. cool. Okay. I'll, I'll dive right into it. So do it. I, at the time, was friends with a person that has a very small part in this movie. We are no longer friends for a myriad of reasons that we don't need to go into now. We don't want to put Kevin on blast. It was not Kevin. No, I, I know. Met I Kevin. Know. Yeah, I know that. I I knew we have not spoken in many many years. Again, for a lot of good reasons. The woman who plays the roommate, the replacement roommate. Yeah, who's in literally one scene of this uh, film, and then I'll, I'll, I believe at the time I don't remember. And here's the thing. We're not friends, but here's the, she does what needs to be done in this movie. She does her part well. Yeah. I'll give her that. Sure. From what I remember, I think she was originally supposed to be in more of it, and it ends up on the cutting room floor. Whatever. But for her scene, she does what's asked and is great. But so we went to go see it in theaters, like, after it came out. She got to go to the premiere, and then me and a handful of other friends just went and saw it in theaters. And I remembered really liking it at the time i think i actually liked it more today oddly enough than the first time i saw it i super dug this movie Paige. yeah i like this I movie i really lot. really enjoyed it man anytime kevin hart and regina hall are in a scene together love it is it. amazing love it bonus points <laughs> if they're the only two people in the scene it's even better and then if they're naked it's even better like it's even funnier yeah they're just so funny together man i love them in this i think this is kevin hart's best role yeah. i would agree this is i think my favorite that i've ever seen him in a jumanji movie. with a close second but i mean oh, this jumanji one is good too i think this is before he like transferred to like leading man i like him more as like friend character this is i think one of his last roles kind of in that role of like not being the lead being on the side he was already really big in stand-up at this time because like right around the same time the club i was working at pretty regularly they would have him drop in and he would come and just run material because his shows, if you've ever seen him live or like any of his specials, chock full. Like he does 90 minutes of like, there's not even time for laugh breaks. Like it's wild yeah. amount of material. He has a very quick pace. And he was doing them six months to a year, like l- so fast. And so he would actually come and run material with a team of writers who would like, sit there and evaluate how jokes went and then rewrite them. And he would do like two or three shows in a weekend and they would like do revised versions of jokes. It was really interesting to watch. 
Oh, like the the what's that movie? That Adam Sandler movie, Funny People, where he like pays staff writers to help him yeah. with his material. Yeah, that's not uncommon at all. So I'd never heard of this movie, never watched this movie. Same the trailer. Same went in so fresh and same one of the most enjoyable rom coms I like because I think I really connected well with a very toxic couple who tries to give you advice all the time. <laughs> I feel very uh, I feel very hurt by that, Mikey. <laughs> You're not the only one, but like you <laughs> thinking it's you <laughs> says a lot. <laughs> That's that was a Rorschach checks joke that you failed. No, honestly, Mikey, I know who it is, but I know they listen. But so. it's also not it's not them. Toxic couples always want to give you advice. And yeah. it's- it is always a thing. It's everyone who's in a couple around you. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I appreciate that this movie gives us a really kind of funny, toxic, crazy couple to follow, which keeps us entertained the whole time, but then also gives us a couple that is actively trying to communicate and work through stuff in yeah. a way that is largely healthy. <laughs> yes. And I liked, I like, I think a lot of rom coms end where like this one kind of began yes where like they yeah. started a relationship and then like see and i was like that guy's such a dick and like they really did like stop pause work on themselves and come back around and i really yeah. liked that arc yeah and, and like by itself i think it would be too serious to be a rom-com it would just kind of be like real life kind of depressing well that's why you need kevin hart and regina Hall. kevin hart and regina's relationship is so bonkers and funny yeah like so fucking funny it is yeah. so great. Like, they are the best part of this movie. And they are very much like the B story. If you have, like, the A story being, you know, the two, mm-hmm. I think, who were supposed to be like, oh, thank God they're together at the end, right? Right. Although I felt that way about Kevin Hart and Regina Hall because I was like, I mean, they need to be together. They, they're so they were, good. They have strong, like, Vince Vaughn and uh, what's-her-face energy and from Isla Wedding. And Isla Fisher vibes yes. from Wedding <laughs> yeah. Crashers. Yes. That's exactly what it is. And and here's the thing. I love Vince Vaughn and Isla Fisher and Wedding Crashers. That's one of my favorite parts <laughs> yeah. of that movie. Yes. So to see it in this movie, I equally love it in this movie. You know, considering that this movie has a person that I don't like in it and I'm still like it's still a pretty good movie <laughs> yeah, like dude. that says volume I also love like <laughs> everyone is I mean yeah they're more attractive than, than the average person yeah but it's a movie sure yeah, but I mean sure. like they have average jobs yes like they have real problems and they yep. like really like really work on it in the like, kind of a realistic way in like a fun romantic way so yeah. I, I like re- yeah really Got sucked in and enjoyed it a lot more than I thought I would. I think if you took out the B story, Kevin Hart and Regina's, it would be like a drama. It would. But I yeah. love that they kept the comedy stuff. And I think it really works. Like, it, I really had a good time with it. I think so, too. And I think that it it there's no fake problems in this movie. No. Which I, I love. Everything mm-hmm. that they encounter and talk about, I'm like... That happens to people like some version of it will happen to you in a long term relationship just in general. This guy could not deal with his feelings at all. I know man took him out at very inappropriate times. And I was like, bro, you need to communicate that you were frustrated at work. And he was so good at that at the beginning of the movie, Mikey, when he was like, I mean, they both were just very open and honest at the beginning of the relationship. And then. I mean, he does go through, like, a blip in his life. Like, I get it. He's sad or whatever. But, like, you can't shut people out and do that. Well, I was so mad at him when that thing. happened. It was so and, but sad. But so many people react that way. No, it's and, so and common. Like, yeah. Like, it felt so real. It, it yeah. really did, Paige. You're right. Well, I mean, his thing at the, her work party, I was like, oh, this is too much. Like, bro. Oh, I know. But you know what? A, a common symptom. Like, okay, so symptoms of depression and anxiety and stuff. They do manifest a bit differently from men to women. Sure. And um, men tend to be a little bit more 
outwardly aggressive, especially the younger you are. Yeah. Like you can, your depression kind of presents like that. And I think he had some of that where he just had a lot of emotions and started lashing out. And I was like, bro, you need therapy so badly. Yes. <laughs> I, I think he's overwhelmed. Like that that's the word I would put on it is overwhelmed. And sometimes it's really hard to stop and say to other people, I am not trying to be mean, but I am overwhelmed and maybe I just need some time alone. Well, yeah. when, when he hated his, when he, well, I mean, like, the job stuff kind of came out of nowhere where he was like, had a bump. They're like, oh, your, fr- your dad's friend. We need the money for that account. And I was like, oh, that, what a subplot. But then, then all of a sudden he's like, I've always hated my job. I know. That soulless. Was, yeah. And I was like, oh, he has not expressed that. And maybe he is very unhappy with a big portion of his life. Yeah. I think they kind of like sprinkle it. It's just not as heavy handed, but I mean, I think part of that is like this movie is jam-packed this movie is an hour and 40 minutes long yeah I think you could trim 10 to 15 minutes out of the third act to make it at just 90 minutes yeah and it would be like rapid fire but I feel like there's nothing extra like there's nothing there's no unneeded anything and if you tried to put more in it it'd be too long no. if you're gonna cut stuff out it would be the bon- some of the bonker scenes but i want those in i want those that thanksgiving scene i oh, that thanksgiving scene so where they have the hard. same dress i had forgotten about the same dress <laughs> so <laughs> that was funny. Laugh so hard page should we just dive into it yeah, yeah maybe we should just it. jump into it so we can talk about scene by scene I don't think we've liked a movie in like pretty decent amount of time. I know. I'm actually glad I picked this one because yeah. I had a great like I had a good time watching it today. This is gonna sound insane, but this feels like an adult rom com. And yes. I, don't, I don't mean that like pornographic. I mean like it deals with shit real adults deal with. Yes. No one was a writer. No one was a like independently wealthy person. Right. She works in advertising. God dang. Well, okay. She does work in advertising and their apartments are I did look up the cost of his apartment. Hell yeah. Because we know exactly where it is. Well, at least she had roommates. You know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah, she yeah, had yeah. roommates. Her hers is a little more, I would say, plausible, especially they don't live too far away from each other. And at the time when this movie like came out, yeah. downtown was still like it was on the come up in Los Angeles, but it was still expensive. So like I've got some notes on kind of what costs what because they for the time are living in a slightly less expensive part of Los Angeles because downtown was still a little dicey. Okay, cool. But I love that his job was restaurant supply chain manager. Yeah, I have (laughs) applied for that job. Like when I left Sur La Table, that was the first like million interviews I went on were for that job. So I know what that job pays. And it is not enough for that apartment, <laughs> like not remotely, <laughs> not even in like the bad part of L.A., which they're in actually a pretty nice part of downtown. Fuck, I love that apartment, though. It was like super That's nice. It's a great apartment. Yeah, I loved it. Now, here's this kind of deceiving. It's a loft and, and the yes. building that it's in are our loft. So it is actually technically a studio. It is. Because yeah. there are no walls. Yeah. <laughs> but it is still pretty expensive. I have I have some numbers. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. But also his Dodger seats, those are actually pretty cheap. Probably. They're not great seats. Well, those are the seats a roast battle gets every time when oh, we go they? as like a crew. <laughs> yeah. I love that. I love that moment in the movie too, man. It's so like touching it's very sweet. and I think she yeah. handles it perfectly. Like I love it so much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, we we should get into the movie so we can talk about it scene by scene. Dive into it. So we open at the Broadway bar where Kevin Hart is talking to Michael Ely about the date or rather the sexual encounter he had the night before. Yeah. (laughs) 
in, in which he he met a woman that he recognized because he had previously dated a girl that she hates. Yes. Which I do think is a really important piece that they just barely touch on. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, she says one of the reasons she was initially attracted to him was because yes, uh, you know, he had fucked over someone she hates. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Got to respect that. Got to respect it. They get too drunk. <laughs> they they go home. They have a, a kind of fumbly but ultimately pleasant encounter <laughs> and decide to see each other again the next day. And here's the thing. They go through this in intimate detail. Oh, yeah. I've written down a lot of it. I could not do it justice. <laughs> but just listening to their recap and it, and it cuts back between... Uh, him and Michael Ely. I do feel like I'm the Kevin Hart of this group, which makes yeah, me sad. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> yeah, Mikey, you are. Okay. Yeah, but <laughs> as they kind of cut back and forth between them, we get kind of alternate pictures of the night. Yeah. Where he at least, he admits that Whiskey Dick was a factor and she's like, but it was still kind of amazing. But then I got a cramp and we cut to a shot of them the night before and her leg is behind her head. Yeah. Which is, it has to be someone else's leg. There's no way. <laughs> like, unless she's incredibly flexible, which like, if she is good for you, like, yeah. good for her, like, go off. But It is aggressively <laughs> like, behind her head. It's, like, it relaxed seems... behind her head. It yes. Just, it's so <laughs> funny and she's Archie's just so flexible yeah it seems impossible <laughs> I would be uncomfortable having sex with someone like that on the first date because like I just wouldn't know their limits or whatever I hadn't seen them work out I, I would feel like I'm hurting them like I would just be uncomfortable finding the limits that's the funnest part man but what if the limit is like breaking their pelvis yeah, I, in that position then we ain't ever gonna find that limit <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I already have enough weight issues. Wait, what, Mikey? I don't want to get on top of somebody and break a bone. But I, I mean, you're gonna break off a bone. You know what I'm saying? No, no I'm not saying, gonna well, break but... off a bone because it's my. It's a, I want it attached. I don't. What are you talking about? How do you have sex? There's no bone there. <laughs> yeah. It's just cartilage. It can still get injured, but you definitely don't want it broken. I don't know what Todd's doing. He just wants to break it off for you. Yeah, just let him break it off, baby. We got a lot of good stuff. We found stuff in the system that's bad, but we got to add more good stuff <laughs> to make it good. <laughs> that's not in the episode, but we're keeping it in. That's my quote in a local newspaper because I'm a big, dumb idiot. I'll say that on this podcast. There's an intelligent quote at the beginning of the story, and I hope people didn't finish the article because <laughs> it closes out with a rambling, big, dumb idiot. And they're like, oh, they put this guy in charge of this thing, huh? <laughs> anyway, they arrive at the bar and it's a double date so they have each brought a friend uh and then they proceed to get problematically drunk oh yeah and just keep egging each other on which will kind of set the stage for what their relationship is like through the rest of the movie yeah but they're like being way too sexual in public in front of yes. their friends and like singing how like they're, they're not at a oh. chewy yeah like they're at a chewy <laughs> you, you're the kevin hart you fucking weirdo i like to kiss natalie if it's in public it's in public baby it happens there's children in the restaurant maybe they don't want yeah, to have okay. the birds and bees talk after between the appetizer and the main course you don't even have alcohol as an excuse <laughs> no, no i don't but i also did not have sex with natalie in the Chewy's bathroom, I just kissed my girlfriend at Chewy's. Mouthful of queso, 
cheesy queso tongues just licking each other. <laughs> Mouthful oh. of queso coming at your lips. Listen, I <laughs> am releasing a rap album. No, <laughs> God, no. Don't do this. Straight out of queso. I feel like the Straight 90s would have been the time queso? for that, and Taco Bell would have released it, but now is not the time. Hey, Doja Cat did an album for Taco Bell, and it's not bad. It was for the re-release of the Mexican pizza, okay? I do love a Mexican We appreciate your sacrifice, Doja Cat. Thank you, Doja. Thank you. I might go get me a fucking Mexican pizza after this. <laughs> they cut them now. Last time I went, I said, can I just get two slices of that Mexican pizza? And they were like, no. <laughs> and they were like, no, you skinny, titty baby bitch. <laughs> yeah, buy the whole pie. I wish Todd could go a meal without rubbing the hand of his girlfriend next to him awkwardly. <laughs> hey, okay. Hands are fine. Oh, uh, it is fine, Paige, if you're like doing a little squeeze, you're like you're having a cute moment, but like petting them constantly the whole meal. I wasn't petting her. <laughs> you use the other hand to cut the food with, so that's odd. <laughs> You're acting like <laughs> Natalie is a pet and you're like, you don't want to get dander in the case. <laughs> like, I don't so know who the pet is. It's either Todd or her. I don't know. It is <laughs> like you hold hands through the whole meal. It just seems harder to eat. I don't understand. I mean, it is harder to eat. That's the, the sacrifice that you make. They're like, this is just a great Chewy's. Let's make out. And then they made out. And I was just like, fuck, this is so dumb. <laughs> I love Mikey's one man show rendition of... <laughs> <laughs> that you time I went to Natalie Chewy's once with Todd. in a Mexican restaurant. Guys, go see him at Edinburgh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it only happened once because I'm not doing it again. That's how bad it was. Because <laughs> in groups, they do it less. See, that's the thing. If you just go with you and them, they're more comfortable doing it. And I figured that out quickly. Are you sure, Mikey, that this wasn't a case of like, yo, we've been seeing you from across this Chewy's table and we like your vibe. So like, I don't know. I, I, don't, I mean, you missed the signs, Mikey. You know what? I'm you happy missed I missed that sign. <laughs> missed that exit. Kept going on the highway of life. Wise the choice. fact that you were not enticed by them doing queso body shots off of each other. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. Okay, I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell one more thing about this meal. <laughs> I love Mexican food. Yes. Sure. They made me dislike going to eat Mexican food that <laughs> night. <laughs> I've had Las Palmas twice in the past two days. Jealous. Mm. Were you asked to leave the second time due to like, you know, public indecency or whatever? <laughs> okay, Mikey. No, but our waiter did say, see you tomorrow. <laughs> Paige, he did pick up the signs. <laughs> <laughs> then he rolled over and went to sleep. Because you guys are like, I don't know, whatever. Fajitas do it for you. <laughs> Some people have a cigarette after sex. Other people have fajitas. Like, don't shame people. It's fine. Well, one is healthier than the other, Paige, okay? Yeah, clearly fajitas are the better option. Yeah, there's no Surgeon General warning on fajitas before you order them. I'm, I'm just picturing two people laying in bed like, do you mind? No, go ahead. <laughs> like a, oh, God, a plate a of fajitas. <laughs> Somebody brings in a sizzling plate. <laughs> Uh, are, are you guys just talking about the sex scene from the amazing movie Hot Shots? Oh, God. <laughs> Where he boils, like, fries and eggs on her on her stomach. <laughs> I love that movie. <laughs> of course you do, Mikey. I'm, no, I'm talking about like a, a Chili's employee walking through your bedroom, like fajitas. <laughs> the fajitas. Uh, uh, Paige, I believe if you check the menu, they're actually called fajitas. Oh, fajitas. <laughs> because you know strips of meat. Hell yeah! I read a tweet and it really tickled me, and it was like, I like to go to Mexican restaurants and order the fajitas, and I say, don't bring it out on a sizzling platter. I don't need a spectacle. I just the food and it really made me laugh mm. is it because you lack excitement in your life and you <laughs> wish other people did too 
I mean, not me. I like the sizzling platter because this is all about me. Main character time. <laughs> Main These character My energy. fajitas coming into this to this table. I just got on top of somebody and pumped for two to five minutes. I deserve these <laughs> sizzling platters. What I never bring up is that when we were at Chewy's and the fajitas started coming out from the kitchen mm-hmm. and, you know, it's like steaming or whatever. Mikey then started singing the Chariots of Fire theme song. Like you would know you were buried so far in Natalie's face. <laughs> <laughs> it looked like the CGI kiss from that movie, You People. It was real Deborah Logan energy of just like, yeah. ah, That's what it was like, job. Paige. <laughs> I do love how it gets worse and worse every time. At some point, I'm going to get specie through the back of my head. Probably. I mean, if the fajita fits. Yeah. That's what happens if you order the deep fried ice cream. Like, if you take it the extra step, species through the head. Anyway, they were too damn old to be doing that. And that's the moral of the story. <laughs> You're never too damn old to order fajitas. Thank Not that you. part. That part Thank was acceptable. You. Now I'm just picturing old folks in an old folks home having sex and then just somebody being like, ah with fajitas <laughs> like right through the... <laughs> Put your teeth in, bitches! It's fajita time! Anyway, back to this movie. <laughs> they adjourn to the bathroom where they are going to attempt to achieve sexual congress together. Yes. Leaving their friends alone. Which I will say again... Natalie and I did not do in the At least Chewy's they had bathroom. the decency no, no. to go to the bathroom and not do it in front of their friends. It's because the stalls were too small, Mikey. The stalls were too small for the sexual <clears throat> acrobatics that would have needed to occur. I had scoped it out already. Yeah. If you're going to break one off in a in a public bathroom, you got to make sure that they have like the handlebars and maybe like a oh, footrest. That's, that's what people call pooping. I'm getting confused. <laughs> See... <laughs> Seat protectors And then one of those Dyson Air fans For your junk after Oh yeah You gotta cool down The undercarriage I just don't know If I can have sex In a bathroom Mikey You haven't had sex In a bathroom before Not outside of my home Like not even in a hotel Oh yeah okay That's a bathroom Mikey You mean that you couldn't have sex in a public bathroom? Yeah, because I know what I do in those stalls. (laughs) Todd's the only one here who had sex in some sort of shack, so he's the one calling people nerds. Hold on, hold on. I'm I'm putting a challenge right now. I will go to this shack and take pictures and post it in the (laughs) Facebook group. And I will rest my case. I mean, I don't know why you would like think that I would be ashamed of that. I got laid really close to like where all the bars are downtown. (laughs) It sounds like you got laid next to where all the syringes are in the alley. It wasn't like that back in the day. It was. They have boarded up the whole entrance. God. (laughs) Worth it. (laughs) You know what? I'm going to cut this out. It wasn't worth it. Because of the because of the lady or the location, it's a lot of one, a little bit location. <laughs> anyway, so so Todd's the one who had shack sex. Just keep that in mind yeah. through the rest of the film. I'm not saying I haven't had. I'm not telling you I haven't, I haven't had shameful sex. I'm just not going to tell you about it right now. Yeah, you you refuse to be open on the podcast. I get that you're more reserved. Yeah, that's me. <laughs> That's me falling asleep to you not sharing your weird shit. I'm pretty open. Where's the weirdest place you've had sex then, Mikey? I can't say that on the podcast. <laughs> you, wait, can you, will you say it and then we'll bleep it? It's so dangerous for me. Then what's the second weirdest? Like, I don't need to know some weird dark secret. Like, 
<laughs> oh, that's not that weird. When I was at Verizon, I had sex <laughs> in that building all the time with one person. Like it wasn't like I was oh, sleeping around. Like, there was one judge. person. We're not judging you. Yeah. I I've never had a workplace that was easily sexable. I did. <laughs> anyway, back to this movie. Yeah. They get it on in the bathroom, uh, leaving their friends alone. So Michael Ely and Joy Bryant, uh, who played Danny and Debbie respectively yeah get to talking and she's like yeah i'm not boring like my friend said it's just i work a lot and you know dating is tough and i don't really like doing it so i don't go out and he's like yeah same i just kind of got out of a thing she's so pretty she's gorgeous yeah he's gorgeous i mean yeah everyone's mm-hmm. gorgeous they really are well, he goes like, on to gray's anatomy after this i believe uh, gray's anatomy i think was before this he was 40 when he did this movie he looked amazing Oh, he was fucking 40. He was 40. Well done, bro. I'll burn a fun fact. I don't have a ton of fun facts, but I'll burn one here. He lost 20 pounds to try and look younger in this movie. Yeah. Me too, brother. I'm trying. (laughs) (laughs) And I will tell you, be careful how much weight you lose because it can make you look older. It's a slippery slope. Just saying. Anyway, he's like, can I walk you out? And she's like, sure. So he walks her down to the sidewalk and kind of up a bit where they run into someone she previously dated, which happens to be Terrell Owens. Yeah, no, I think it's, I mean, he is credited as himself. Yes, it is play. He's playing himself. So she dated Terrell Owens. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Like NFL star Terrell Owens. Terrell Owens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At the time. <laughs> yes. I would have like a million questions. And I don't even care I, about so football. many. I think the Super Bowl is next Sunday. Uh, I I think it's this coming Sunday. I have no idea. Yes. And even I know who Terrell Owens is. I know. But yes, so they passed Terrell Owens. And she kind of does the like, pretend you're my boyfriend kind of thing. So they link hands. And he's like, no, if we were really dating, I'd have you by my arm, which is very sweet. Yeah. And then she's like, okay, what else? And he's like, well, I've been wanting to put my hand here all night. And they have their first kiss, and it's very sweet and very romantic. Uh, they had chemistry, they have good man. Yeah. Chemistry. They yeah. really do. Yes, they totally do. And they end up immediately back at his place, million different positions. It looks like a very eventful night. They're having a good time. Yes. Yeah. Oh, and also, I guess I, I missed this. As they're talking, we find out she's never been to a Dodgers game. And he's like, I'll have to take you. And she's like, are you asking me out? And he's like, yeah, maybe I am. So they're, yeah. they've got, you know, other plans. Yeah. I hate how long it takes for him to actually, like, pull the trigger on that date. But yeah. Yeah. You got to play it cool. He's playing it cool. Sure, sure, sure. So she kind of wakes up. It's not morning and is kind of sneaking out to go to work. And he's like, you don't have to rush. And she's like, no, I got to go, you know. But thanks. It was, you know, good night. And he's like, do you want me to walk you out? And she's like, no, because like this is what happened the last time you walked me out. And he's like, it makes me want to walk you out more. But yes, cute. It's very cute. So she goes to her apartment, which we find out she shares with Joan. And who is there but Bernie? Of course. Yeah. Being himself. Kevin Hart in it all over the place. At one point, they do ask him. They were like, why don't you like Cunnilingus? He's like, I don't even know the bitch. <laughs> like, oh, no. I cannot overstate how good he is in this movie. It's very fun. There's one bit of his that he's done in a bunch of different things. But it's where he's like, fucking with somebody in this movie he's like pushing that paper something on his buddy's desk you know yeah. and as danny stops him from doing that he like he like gets up he goes quit playing quit playing like <laughs> kevin hart will say that quit playing it, it makes me laugh every time 
my favorite is is his Halloween costume, and we'll get to oh, it in just a bit. God. But just so the funny. explanation for it is one of my favorites. It's so it's so good. So everyone kind of gets to their respective jobs, and I do like that Kevin Hart's lie is that he was at the dentist, and Regina Hall is a, a dental hygienist. Yeah. Like we will find out in the movie, he's not lying necessarily. Right. She just wasn't working on his teeth. Right. Uh, he has to go talk to corporate. So, and this is where he kind of like messes with Michael Ely's desk and knocks things <laughs> off. But he's basically kind of like giving him shit of like, you like her. Oh, You're yeah. waiting to see if she'll text you. And we jump right into a montage of them like texting back and forth and seeing each other again and going out. And it's basically this kind of really fast, hot and heavy kind of a thing. But it doesn't really seem like they're going out on dates necessarily. They are just like slowly sliding into friends with benefits sort of a Mm -hmm. thing. And and it really Mm -hmm. seemed like they were only meeting up to have sex, which is fine. But it didn't seem like there was much like dating. That seems reductive. That's like, I meet up with people to watch movies. The sex just happens, okay? <laughs> Why don't you come by at 3 a.m. to watch a movie with me? I have to record a podcast on it, so we have to pay attention. <laughs> or pause. This explains so much. It does. I rewind. There's a reason he never records from the master bedroom page. Because it's where I see this is my office area. I don't understand what this joke is. Because the lady you had over is still in your it's bed asleep. still there. That's like relationship stuff. <laughs> You're like, yeah, if she's sleeping here, that's like a relationship. Wow. She like, has no. to go afterwards. <laughs> Bye. Yeah. All right. Well, I apologize for that assumption. <laughs> that after a night of amour with you, that you would let them spend the night. He won't even make her a quesadilla. We We know this. A microwave quesadilla, Paige. I know. How dare you? It's like the lowest form of quesadillas. If I really like her, we'll Uber Eats after. That's like S tier treatment. Yo, ladies, he's giving your Uber Eats driver and you five stars. If we have intimate moments and then I'm like, I want you to stay and we'll order pizza or Uber Eats, my treat. I'm like really into the situation. Nice. Or you really wanted those like hot wings on French fries. No, no. If it's a new relationship, I'm like, I'll be taking a salad with uh, light chicken, light dressing, because I'm a responsible adult. You can't lie about who you are, Mikey. Um, You can for like five or six months. <laughs> And how's that working out for you? I don't want her to see my grotesque, monstrous Uber Eats ordering history where she's like, why did you want more ranch on your ranch fries? That doesn't make any sense. It does make sense sense if it's good ranch. That shit is great. I'm just telling, if you want to have, and much like this movie says, if you want a good relationship, it's it's all about honesty. Well, I am honest with them. I'm saying I would order what I really want, wings. But I don't want to scare you off right now. I don't want you to see what my mouth can do to another living creature. <laughs> I'm assuming that they already know at this point. What I, no, no, that no. mouth do? No, 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 no. Not in like a positive way. Mikey's like, the, I don't know that lady. Who Conalingus? I don't know her. I don't know her. When I eat wings, it just looks like a grinder destroying meat carcasses. And it's just not It's just not sexy time. What if she wants a grinder to destroy her meat carcass? I mean, sex toys got yeah. wild these days. Eat up that meat carcass. Oh my God. Put that electric knife on my roast beef. No, what? I don't understand why you guys are being like this. (laughs) Maybe I don't want a girl to see me binge eat a pizza and a half, for God's sake. This is what happens when cannibalism gets real. (laughs) What? And people stop being polite. Yeah. (laughs) This is what happens. 
when people stop being polite and cannibalism gets real. <laughs> it's fine. Whatever. I also don't want to poop in front of them already. Like, that's another reason you got to go like, like. you're going to have to poop in front of people eventually. Yes, but you have to at least date them a few months so, like, they know what kind of disasters that you <laughs> cause. <laughs> uh, Mikey, I am laughing, but fully agree with you. <laughs> like, I mean, I'm fine. laughing because I'm so seen by your comments currently. Todd, do you go to a different bathroom to poop? No. No, okay, he's good. like in it. Yeah. But like the first two months, I will leave a girl's house and be like, I'm not feeling well to go just drop a deuce <laughs> somewhere else. Especially with an untrustworthy one where like, I don't know if it's going to take a long time. Are you going to stop up the toilet? I thought like, you meant woman, not poop. <laughs> I thought you meant untrustworthy woman. I don't trust no. that shifty bitch. I'm not going to leave my precious Am I into a girl in her and I'm at her apartment? We're having a romantic dinner and I feel like... I'll be like, I don't feel good. I'm so sorry. I think I have food poisoning. I have to go. I hope she didn't cook. They usually don't. (laughs) (laughs) But if they did, I'll make another excuse like, I'm dying. Or there's an emergency. (laughs) I would so much rather just have someone be like, I'm so sorry. I have to poop. Because I'm like, I'm like, you're a person. People poop. Like that. I poop. You poop. We all poop. It's a thing that happens. It's fine. Paige, logically. Yes. Yeah. I agree. Mm-hmm. And that's where you need to get, but you probably need to ease someone into what auditory sounds they may mm-hmm. hear. Mm-hmm. And you want to mm-hmm. make sure they're like really bought in on the relationship first. I want to clap cheeks sexually, not <laughs> sputter out poop out of my ass. <laughs> I'm sorry. Somebody's please, tongue was just inches keep... away from it. And I'm going to be weird about it? No. Well, I don't want their tongue to feel the pressure to have to go there after they hear something like that. Obviously, you're cleaning it up after. Like, it's one thing if you're like, I think I'm going to spray the walls. <laughs> like, that's crazy. <laughs> no, not spray the walls, but, you know. Bowls flush. Wipes are a thing. Yeah. Toilet paper. Like, so many options. Wipes, game changer, bro. I mean, it's not just relationships. When you go to, like, your, like, growing up, when you go to your friend's house, you don't want to stop up their toilet, which I did. It was just super embarrassing. <laughs> I kind of got, like, a mental thing from that because I had to get out, ask their family where the toilet plunger was. Mikey, I it have a very so- similar okay. experience. <laughs> okay. This is nuts. Like, I don't. The worst case scenario is I want a third date shitting at a girl's house and I have to come out of the bathroom where it obviously smells like I shit in there and then say, hey, I stopped up your toilet. Where's your plunger? And what if they say, I don't have one. I just moved here. And then we have to go on a trip to the store to buy a plunger to bring it back. Mikey, I'm here to tell you people who go on that store journey get married. That's one hell of a meat cute. I think it's hilarious. <laughs> and now we have to go to the store. We're going to laugh about it forever. And then when people are like, so how'd you guys meet? We'll be like, funny story. <laughs> <laughs> so Mikey came over and just wrecked my shitter. <laughs> wrecked the bathroom. And I don't mean sexually. But he seemed cool. <laughs> so we went to the store. And like, what if you do it before you have sour shower sex in there? You want to like tie good memories to the bathroom. <laughs> good sexy memories. Yes. Shitting is not a it's just a natural. I don't. It is a human institution of poop. Yes, Paige, and also you. in a shower, everything's gonna get clean. Like yeah, I assume is. you wiped anyway, like, hey, but then also I got for too in the much shower. shit on my ass. Do you want to have shower sex? I gotta no, get it off in there disgusting. anyway. No, Mikey, no. 
<laughs> what are, what are we talking about about this movie? How did we get to scat shower sex while talking? I'm just saying. About, I think that a lot of this. I am ashamed of both of you. <laughs> okay, I gotta tell an embarrassing story. I gotta what? tell an embarrassing no, story. No, you can't I tell, tell the story I after tell. I just said that. I gotta tell <laughs> the other day. Go on. Oh, I can't believe I'll tell y'all this. I got out of the shower and I was brushing my teeth. Oh my God. I'm terrified, Paige. I don't, I don't want to. Where is this going to go? Literally on the edge of my seat. I thought it was a fart. Oh, no. Been there. Everybody's done this once. No. Yeah, for sure. I just pooped a little on the floor right there. <laughs> and, and you know, I am not prepared for any of those situations to happen around someone else until we're months in. And I'm sorry that that might be my vulnerability intimacy issues. Oh, my but God. I, I hated myself in my own house by myself <laughs> during that scene, and I don't want to put someone else through that. I want to protect oh my you God. from that. Oh, my God. I almost passed out. I laughed so hard. Is that hard. too much? Is that no, too much? Oh, my God. Not- and it, I was so embarrassed. I, I was naked, so there's no dirty clothes or anything. But <laughs> That's nice. Floors are easy to clean. It happens to everybody sometimes. Oh, shit happens, baby. Yeah. <laughs> you gamble on a fart? And miss. Yeah. Anyway, so they met up at that. They go to the Dodgers game. No, that's like so far ahead of where we are right now, Mikey. We spent so much time talking about poop. Anyway. I'm sorry. They have been kind of friend zoning it. Friends with benefits zoning it, though. I mean, yeah, they yeah, are yeah. like mm-hmm. still like. Meeting up often to have sex. Right. But not dating. Not dating. And Bernie and Joan are kind of like, hey, make this a real thing because like we're actually dating this whole thing. I loved Kevin Hart and Danny in the pool together. Yes. Talking about this because there's like a montage of the girls talking and the guys talking and the guys are in the pool. And he's like, man, you got to pull the trigger on like dating her because... You know, you're messing up my relationship because she's my, the roommate of my my girlfriend. And if, if I have to take sides, we're not going to be friends anymore. <laughs> I, I thought that was a really funny scene. Yeah. This is also kind of in this montage, we get the first shot of them at Casey's. Yeah. Which is, we will find out a bar that is owned by Danny's dad's best friend. Yeah. That he's now working their account from the restaurant supply to kind of supply them. Yeah, I really do like that in this scene or because it's really like cut together to show sort of the passage of time and them like being friends with benefits and like it's like a bunch of montages. But in that first one where we see Shooter McGavin, for lack of a better name, it doesn't establish who he is yet, but he is talking to him in a way that's like, okay, this guy, like they really know each other. Yeah, he's known you for a long time. And we don't find out why until later. I, I really like that they did it that way. I thought it was cool. Well, and he does say like, when you were dating Allison, you weren't that great when you were with her. Yeah. Which is the first time we're kind of laying the groundwork for maybe Allison's not that great of an influence and not that great of a thing in his life. Yeah. So I actually got the vibe that this is way out of left field, but tell me if I'm making shit up. Mm. I got the vibe that the bar owner was... Shooter McGavin, the worst golfer. Yeah. I mean, after he retired from that, he met Danny's dad and they were in a relationship and sort of raised Danny together and he's like that level of close. I did not get that read. I did not get that but but hey if if they like were like hey it's a prequel. Yeah. 
I'd be like, I'll watch Shooter McGavin in a, a weird Last of Us episode three movie. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I got that vibe because he wants to keep him around. Like he, at the end of the movie, when he, he like wants to change up the restaurant or add the restaurant component to the bar, like, and they change the name of the sign. It felt very like passing on of a business to a kid. I took it as like, you're, he was my dad's best friend. He's like the last remaining ties that I have with my dad. I mean, that I also know. could yeah. be too. Yeah, like or like a godparent kind of a role. Yes, more like Did that. Did they explain what happened to the mom? No, we don't know what happened to the mom, but we also know that his dad has been dead for 20 years. Yeah, it's been a while. So Shooter McGavin probably helped raise him. Yeah. Yes, Danny is only supposed to be in his 20s, like 28 or 29 yeah. in this movie, which means that like Danny was a kid. So I got the impression that Shooter McGavin was the one that had the seats with his dad at the Dodger yeah. game. Like they had them together and that his dad passed and he was kind of a like godparent step parenty kind of vibe for him. Yeah. But we don't hear about the mom. So it was very possible that, that. Yeah. We never hear about the mom in that situation. So that's what that's what made me think about all that. Anyway, we cut to he finally takes her to the Dodger game and Joan and Bernie have set them up where they're like, we'll meet you there. And then they just never show up. Yeah. So they have they go through this Dodger game alone and she's not quite vibing with it she's making fun of the seats and this is where he explains like well these are my dad's seats and like his dad's seats and yeah it was passed, passed down. Him down yeah and then she's I, I love the way she handles it she's like oh that's awesome actually and then he's, he's like so the seats are right she's like yeah they're great seats are perfect yeah like i really love the way they handled that interaction it was very very sweet yeah uh, and we cut to Joan and Bernie in bed who are like, so do they, you think they know that we set them up? And he's like, yeah, of course. They, like, they'll figure it out. Like, don't worry about it. I do love those cuts back to them in bed saying almost exactly that. Because I think it happens three times throughout it this movie. It happens three or four <laughs> times yeah. in the movie. And then at the end when they're like, they're the dumbest people I know. Because I think it's, <laughs> She spells her name with so one B. Because they favorite. fall for it every time. It's so funny to me. When they talk, I think about other stuff because they're so dumb and everything they <laughs> yeah, say is so dumb. Yeah, whenever her mouth is open. <laughs> <laughs> They're amazing. It's just like when Natalie and I go to Chewy's. <laughs> this is also where they play rock, paper, scissors to see who has to be on top. And they only play one round and they both do scissors and they're like, yes, we got to go sideways. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, so what dumb. a great scoring says, system. Lift that lift cheek. That cheek. <laughs> oh my God, I laughed so hard. It was so funny, man. So funny. But we cut back to the game and she is clearly maybe like not a baseball person. And he's trying to kind of explain it. But he basically says, if you blink, you miss it. You got to be in the moment and enjoying what's happening, not yeah. constantly looking at what's ahead. And he kind of you watch him kind of have the realization of like, I am enjoying this with this person and I need to just invest in the fact that we are enjoying being together instead of stressing out about what that means. We just need to enjoy being in the moment. And he mm -hmm. really does, man. From that kiss yeah. on and man, that kiss had it, man. Yes. They have a lot of chemistry. But from that kiss on, he is super into it until the job stuff happens. And then he just yeah. loses focus on the relationship. And it's real sad. It's real sad, but it's also very real. I know. It's a very yeah. real problem. It's real sad because I've seen that kind of like pattern in my life yeah. in some situations. And like, dude, therapy helps you avoid that kind of shit. But like, yeah, it's real sad. Yeah. <laughs> well, and we do briefly cut to Joan and Bernie where they're doing like put the pillow under your stomach. Like got to get the right <laughs> angle. Very funny. And that breakaway where they just cut to them while they're just finishing up. And he goes, game over at the end. I laughed. And yes. It was so funny. Like, <laughs> Kevin Hart like knows how to use his voice comedically, like as an instrument. Oh, yeah. But we cut to Casey's bar and he brings Debbie there. 
And we find out from Shooter McGavin that this is the first time he's ever brought a woman to the bar. Yeah, because he never brought Allison there, his ex. Right. And we cut back to Bernie and Joan, who are still having sex. (laughs) And and this is where she pauses mid-sex to be like, this isn't just sex. He's like, I mean, technically, this is what we're doing right now is sex. Yes. This is the girlfriend scene where like, yes. Oh, man, I was crying at the end of this I was laughing so hard it was insane well because <laughs> she gets kind of mad at him of like and here's the thing violence is never the answer I'm just <laughs> it's not right to hit people but she's like we mean something right and slaps him and he's like yeah you're my girlfriend hit me again and she does it and like harder yeah and, <laughs> yeah and he like oh, yells so- at her he's like bitch why'd you hit me so hard or whatever and then she starts, then she crying. starts crying yeah. oh my god they're so and stupid they're, like, having sex like they finish todd they I know. finish the end of the i know scene. in my mind oh. The scene that was written was just up to, yeah, you're my girlfriend. Oh, so I mean something to you? Yeah. And then it was supposed to cut away. And they just ad-libbed the rest of that. And the director was like, They just took it to its right. natural conclusion. Yeah, we're yeah. cutting it. All right, cool. That's, that's perfect. One more time. Roll perfect, again, Kevin. roll again. Yeah, perfect, Regina. Per- perfect, <laughs> Kevin. Love it, love it. Mwah. Don't change a thing. Oh, so good. <laughs> so we cut to Debbie and Danny leaving the bar. And she's like, hey, is that true? Because... He said you never brought a girl there. And he's like, that's true. You're the first. Yeah. And we cut basically to the apartment later where they're like in the tub together and kind of like pillow talking. They're just learning more about each other now that they're like, this is a thing. This is not just a fling. They have moved on from the like friends with benefits to like the getting to know you, getting to know all about you phase of the relationship. Getting to know you. Mikey got a musical musical reference. Oh, Mm -hmm. Growth Brooks. I talked about shitting myself today. I'm feeling <laughs> vulnerable and ready to grow. In my professional life, I'm like doing all these great things, and I get on this thing, and I'm like, I got to tell y'all, last week I shat myself. <laughs> I like that during the day, you're like, there's a lot of stuff, and we see the stuff, and we're going to do stuff to help the stuff, but until we get rid of the stuff, we're going to have a lot of stuff to do. And then you come here, and you're like, I shit some stuff onto the floor. <laughs> That's politics, Paige. <laughs> <It's> politics. <laughs> Anyway, they agree that they are dating and they they talk about how like he doesn't like amusement parks, but he loves New Year's Eve. Just kind of a few like little tidbits back and forth. Well, the New Year's Eve is a foreshadowing because she doesn't like New Year's Eve. But she loves Thanksgiving. Yeah, exactly. Well, and we cut to, you know, it's they've spent like a whole weekend together. And so Sunday afternoon, she's like, I don't want this weekend to end. Yeah. And he's like, oh, I usually play Battle Royale. And she's like, I usually masturbate and watch old episodes of House. And they were like, cool. And we're just, they're eating Chinese food. And like, yeah. now this Sunday has changed because they are together. That's the point where you can now poop. Right. Okay. You have crossed the threshold. The poop bridge. Got it. It's the same time around you can hold hands. What? Uh, Mikey, what? What a what? weird time to bring up holding hands. <laughs> Not no at the same time. You didn't say wash <laughs> your Not hands at the same first. Time. No. It would no. then immediately hold hands. That's why cats stick their paws under the bathroom door. They're just trying to hold your hand. <laughs> <laughs> Have you not heard about. the famous Beatles song? Paige beat me to it. <laughs> Love that you went there too. As they're sitting there for the afternoon, they check their phones together and realize that Bernie and Joan have broken up. Which is hilarious because literally the last scene we saw them in was them 
It was the I'm your girlfriend scene. <laughs> yeah, slap. Yeah. yeah. And what we will find out is that their breakup is so stupid and funny. It's insane. It is insane. Did it hit a little close to home? Michael, wait, why? Why would it hit a little too close? Because they broke up once he wanted her to meet his parents, or no? No, she wanted him. She wanted to meet the parents. parents. That's what it was. I mean, I wouldn't lie to her and say I'm Jewish or something like what he did. Yeah, no, of course. I just thought it was like I was like, oh, people meeting, not ready to meet parents. Maybe this. I mean, I guess cut this out then. Nah, I'm I'm way over that. Well, yeah, but I mean, it still happened to you, and it sucks. Yeah, that part's true, but that feels like a lifetime. I've had so much pain since then. <laughs> like I've shit on my own floor. I like. Well, for a minute, I was like, "Is this it?" <laughs> oh, when you shat yourself? Yeah. I was like, is this it? Like, is this my life now? That's what the song, the Huey Lewis song, is about. If this is shit, please let <laughs> yeah! me know. If shit's going down, you better let me go. If this is shit, ooh up. Whoa. I had to mop. If this ain't love, baby. Swiffer, go. Uh, anyway, so. That was so good. We're going to have to pay royalties to Huey Lewis <laughs> in the news. No. Anyway, we find out his parents are coming to town. He doesn't want her to meet them. She's like, I'm your girlfriend. I should meet your parents. Yeah. Which, can you imagine them meeting each other's parents? Just like their energy. In front of old people. Paige, I was heartbroken we didn't get that scene. Everything they're in together is dynamite. Who would you cast as his parents? Who are his parents that we have to meet? The coordinate guy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh... He's so good. John Witherspoon. Yes, John Witherspoon is the dad would have been perfect. Yeah. Anyway, so they break up and he tells her it's because she's not Jewish and that his parents are Jewish and that's and she gives him an ultimatum. It's me or your parents, which, by the way, terrible ultimatum. But that's the kind of ultimatum that would go on the show, the ultimatum. And I'm here for that. Yes. (laughs) And hey, here's the thing. Sometimes people have toxic relationships with their parents and that may be a thing that has to happen. But like in this situation, it doesn't sound like it. And we're not. In an episode of The Ultimatum. Right. The craziest, worst show that Netflix ever made. Some of those people got married. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) I really like how Debbie positions this to her because she's like, I mean, he could choose you or his family and 3,000 years of heritage. Right. And then then Joan is like, can you believe that asshole? (laughs) (laughs) Can you believe he didn't choose me? I thought that was so So funny. So good. So we cut to Debbie's over at Danny's house and she's like, you don't have a dining room table. He's like, well, I never have people over. She's like, I'm people. And he's like, no, you're special. And they push the plates off the counter and it is implied that they have sex on that counter. Yeah, I've, I've lived this whole scene where they're like, you don't have a dining room table. And I'm like, Mikey, you don't have a dining room table. You have a whole ass house. I have a table in the front porch and in the back porch. So you only have outdoor dining at your house. <laughs> Mikey, what? And I have I have a breakfast nook. Okay. I'm like this guy where I'm like, I don't want to spend that money on a table right now. I don't have anybody else to eat with. But he does now. He does. And she buys one later on. Like when she moves in, she buys one. And I think that's... She buys one. I thought he handled that well too. I think he made the right move. He had her pay for it when she moved in. I think that's great. Hell yeah. And she gave it to him. Yeah, she doesn't take it with her. No. Like the lamp I got in the living room. Who gave you the lamp in the living room? We decorate. And I was like, thanks. Which the lamp was a gift. 
Oh, okay, that's very nice. Bleep out the names <laughs> to protect the innocent. If it's a gift, please let me know. This lamp looks cool, even if you've got to go. I love the <laughs> lamp that she got me. It's got an Edison lamp with it, and it kind of matches the light that the fi- that the artificial fire gives off, and like the Ooh. candles. It set the tone for my movie watchings. And seductions. Mm, I'll shine that Edison light right in their face until they love me. (laughs) I think you're doing it wrong. I don't know. (laughs) Mikey, this is why you're single. Why don't you love me? Look into the light. I'm sorry. I wasn't there. I have an alibi. I promise. Where were you when my dad hurt me? I'm also a child. I don't know. (laughs) I feel like I've gone off the rails a bit on this episode. And you're drinking water. I feel self-conscious now. I'm oversharing a lot. That's okay, Mikey. Allow me to take the spotlight off of you. So imprinting is when a wolf meets... No. A- <laughs> no. Oh. I don't want to know. I finished editing that episode today, and I I got to the part where I have the revelation of what it is because I backward engineered it for my Mormon upbringing, and I was like, predestination wife. Anyway... I was so mad again editing that moment today. You still don't even know the weirdest parts of it. That has to be the weirdest part. You're shaking your head and that is very unsettling. <laughs> I guess we'll get to that in two years <laughs> when we yeah. continue. Good our, luck. Yeah. That was episode 18. Was 18. When we first I went back and listened it. to it. Well, I mean, lives have been busy and shit. But yeah. anyway. We can't make them wait that long again, man. We'll figure it out. Yeah. So we cut to she is coming and going from his house with a backpack. She's always there. And so he gives her a drawer and a key. And I was racking my brain to remember what movie we watched where somebody took the drawer. Yes. What was that? Right. I think it was the Paris Hilton funded movie. It's the, the hottie or the pun. naughty. Yes. The hottie or the naughty. Yeah. I think you're right. I think it's the very she beginning of the, the hottie drawer. or the naughty. Yeah. And she, she takes the whole, the whole drawer. drawer. She takes the whole drawer. Yeah. Anyway, so she is moving in and we cut to her talking with Joan and she's like, look, I'll give you two months extra rent. Like, it's going to be okay. And Joan is just like, how dare you? Like, why don't you just break up with him and stay here and eat Nutella with me? And she's just like, no, like he makes me happy. We're moving forward. Don't worry about it. And then we cut to Kevin Hart, who's just like, you're making a colossal mistake. You got to break up with her now. Like, is, you can't get out of this relationship and be miserable with me. And he's like, no, like, no, we're, we're going to be happy. You guys handle your own shit. We're going to move. So we cut to them moving in and they're having a, a pillow fight. They're having a good time. Uh, we get a title card that says about fall. Yeah. And she's bought a dining room table. She wants to have Thanksgiving at their place because it's her favorite holiday. And he's like, okay, sure. Like, all right. Yeah. Uh, they order a pizza. They have sex before the pizza gets there. Everything's still super fun. Super yeah. Happy. Relationship seems very early stages. Yeah. But going great. Right. So as they're getting the plates for the pizza, his phone rings and it's his ex. And he does not answer it. She sees it. And he's just like, I'm going to ignore it. But I want you to know that I never answer these. She calls whenever she thinks that I'm happy, but it's not a good relationship and we shouldn't spend time together. I just I'm going to be open with you about this so that you know what's up. Yeah. And she's just like, all right, cool. Very mature. Very mature. They have a very mature conversation about this. Yeah. And he even says, he's like, I want to do this because you make this place a home yeah. for both of us. So it's let's so be honest. Sweet. It's very sweet. Yeah. I love it so much. That's It's such a great way for him to kind of express that. Yeah. So we cut to Halloween and this is where they come out 
and Bernie and Joan are out. And Bernie is dressed, for lack of a better, like, I guess a Chippendale is the closest, but like an undressed Chippendale. Yeah, a shirtless Chippendale. But they still have the cufflinks and the uh, bow tie. Yes, and the collar. Yeah. And he's having the conversation of like, what do you mean that like you said I love you? She said I love you. That's This is bad because who cares more? And it's always a thing. And this is also where we reveal that uh, Danny and Debbie are dressed as Ike and Tina Turner, which is like, oh, no. (laughs) So funny. That's a red flag. So bad. But this is where he's like, well, what are you even supposed to be dressed as? And he's like, I'm Channing Tatum and he never gets cold. (laughs) Which is so funny. Because like he clearly just put on like a male stripper. I'm Channing Tatum. Yeah. Get into it. And I'm like, perfect. Sell it with confidence. Like, let's go. And even Kevin Hart is like in decent shape in this movie. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. He's not a big guy, but like he's in good shape. He, I mean, he is now. He definitely hits the gym. Yeah. So. He's trying to get free drinks from a group of like hot girls across the bar. Yeah. And Joan walks over and is like, oh, are you were you hitting on that guy? Not worth it. Tiny dick. Just like, yeah, bye. (laughs) Thank you. I'll take your drinks. And then they get into an argument about him saying that, like, I didn't give you herpes. But, of course, the only thing anyone hears is herpes. Well, because he yells it. Because he yells it. (laughs) They're making a scene every time they're together. Their fights are so funny. Yeah. But also, like, I've been with couples who fight like this, and you're like, this is not funny. I hate this. But it's funny to watch in a movie. Yeah. Well, and it's funny when it's not your, your friends, friends. When you yeah. don't have to reign, when you can just watch from the sidelines and be like, oh. Oh, the drama. Yeah, exactly. Who's going to throw a drink first? Uh, yeah. Yes. Meanwhile, Debbie and Danny go home and have a nice night at home. We cut to the next day. Kevin Hart is super hungover, and... Michael Ely is just like, we had a nice night at home. This does not look fun like what you are doing. Like, we had a good time. But he gets called into the office, and this is where the office is like, hey, your guy, Casey's, the bar, hasn't paid us. We have to cut him off. Yeah. And he's like, hey, I like, can we extend? And they're like, no. So he has to go to Casey's and be like, dude, they're going to cut you off. And he's like, but I always pay eventually. And he's like, they don't care. It's yeah. a faceless corporation. I don't even know who they are, but they're going to cut you off. What I don't like about this scene is that Scooter McGavin like guilts him. And I'm yeah. like, yeah. you have to pay your bills. Like there's nothing I can really do to help you right? about that. That's yeah. how I right. feel about it too. It's It sucks, but like, you do have to pay that. Like, you bought stuff from them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and he's not collecting on regulars. Like, it's it's just right. endless tabs. Yeah. You know? So, like, that's part of it, basically. Like, he needs to, you know, run it like a business. And yeah. I think when Danny gets involved, I think that gets a little bit better because it seems like they just kind of get more successful. And that's how they pull off the kind of expansion that they do. Well, I think they don't really go into a lot of it because he just says mm-hmm. his savings but and taking out a loan. Right. But, like... Like when they build in the restaurant part of it, the end yeah. grill part of it, I do feel like it becomes like a, a restaurant venue and they do great. Sure. Yeah. Which, by the way, Casey's is a real bar. That's, that's oh, a real is it? Place. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it's a lot bigger than what they show in the movie. Okay. Well, yeah, because he improved it and added a restaurant. <laughs> no, there, there's not really a restaurant there, but there's like a bunch of back rooms and everything there. Oh, cool. Because uh, they do stand up there a lot of the time. Oh, really? Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we cut to he comes home. Uh, after kind of a long day of, of getting not fired, but having a bad day at work where he had yeah. to have that conversation. And 
she's like, hey, you told me you would come to that thing. And he invites Joan and Bernie so that he's not alone. Yeah. And it's a work thing. And Bernie, once they get there, is like, she's an independent rich lady. She doesn't even need you. You're just the bell on her bike. And I think that kind of sets him off on like, yeah, why am I even here? Am I just an accessory in your life and everything? Which is like... There will always be income disparities in your relationship, no matter who is in it. It's it's yeah. very rare for people to make the same amount of money. But that's just one element of the relationship. So you have to be open and communicating with each other about like, hey, you bring value that is not this. That is not monetary or whatever. Yes. Yeah. It's not a transactional thing. It's also weird that they've been together so long and this hasn't come up and then it comes up now. Like generally this stuff comes up naturally in the first few months i think it comes up less if people like their jobs even if they make less does that make sense yes, yes but generally they talk about it sure but i think what sets this off for him is being unhappy at work yeah yes and I, and that makes it worse i think it depends on what aspect you're talking about mikey because i bet they've already had the how much money do you make conversation yeah because they live together right yeah, yeah so like i'm sure they've had some conversation about it but um, yeah well and i mean here's the thing it's like some of your coworkers are cool and will be friends with your significant other others won't like you don't get to choose who you work with necessarily. Anyway, so Debbie has she I mean, she's kind of at work whenever you had a work function, you're kind of at work. So she's being nice. And one of those people is her ex and is being yeah. deliberately mean to Danny. And she's kind of trying to just keep it calm because sometimes you're just like, hey, this is my job. We just got to walk away from this one. It's yeah. not worth a fight. Yeah. I mean, you always try and at least walk away in that situation, right? Sometimes mm -hmm. I understand right. he probably can't. This is one he can. But he is also her boss. Yeah. Like, not just her ex. So, like, it's like a gross dynamic. Yeah, it's not great. But we also cut away to Bernie and Joan. Joan has brought a date who was also the guy in Temptation Tyler Perry's Temptation colon Confessions <laughs> of a Marriage Counselor. But he also played eggs on season two of True Blood. Uh, gorgeous. And he's she's like, oh, I forgot his name. Uh, Derek. Okay. Hi. Nice to meet you. She purely just brought him to make Bernie jealous, which oh, I think yeah. is really funny. Yeah. Especially because he's super tall. Like, she clearly was just like, what's the tallest person I can find <laughs> to make him jealous? Anyway, so... He he gets upset uh, and they kind of leave the party and he basically admits to her in the in the elevator like I hate my job and yeah. I'm really unhappy and she's like okay so quit your job and he's like but then I make even less money like people don't like when you say that have you ever dated somebody who hates their job occasionally yes. well that that was me at my last job I don't hate my job now it just has difficult days but like. My retail job for a while, I hated that Yeah, it's job hard not to hate retail if you've been there a while, Paige. It's, it, it's brutal. And then, like, that's all they talk about, though. Like, in Yeah, the, when, it like, becomes all-encompassing. Mm -hmm. I get more frustrated when you're around someone who hates their job but won't do anything to change it. Yeah, yes. that is very frustrating. You're right. Because that's the thing. And here's the thing. I realize that there are some factors that might prevent you from changing a job that you hate. I understand. I get it. But if there's a clear path to, like, something different and you're just like... No, right. <laughs> then I'm like, 
then I don't know where this conversation can go with you, you know, anymore. Yeah. And so for me, like when I hated my job, I was just constantly applying and ended up finding something. But it's that feeling of like, do I quit for my mental health and then I'm not a contributor? Like, like that's the bullshit capitalism cloud hanging over you. So I fully understood like his feeling in this scene of like, she's not asking him to be some sort of financial savior for her that's not it at all she clearly makes a lot of money that's toxic masculinity this is him feeling like his inability to provide in that way is a reflection on him personally yeah and again yes it is toxic masculinity it is society and she's not asking him to she's not and in this scene it's not like she's like buy a house Move no, me in it. Nothing. Pay all the bills. Well, and in this scene, she makes it very clear. I understand that this would be a change and it would be tough, but if it makes you happy, then like we'll work through it. Like I'm not the one demanding this of you. Right. And I think she's very communicative of that but I think it's very difficult even as a person from the outside to be like your worth is not dependent on this that's something that somebody has to kind of grapple with on their own yeah it's funny a lot of movies touch this subject it must be really common I don't understand well no a lot of movies touch this subject in a terrible way this is a rare exception that I think touches this subject in a good way of like as a couple as as a couple who works together and communicates this is something you work through together. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think the key is that he does find another thing to do. Yes, he does. I mean, he goes out and I guess starts bartending at that point, right? Which, oddly enough, might pay more than the job he had. Like, yeah. you know, depending on the bar. Yeah, and then I assumed we sort of became, obviously, investor at least, but also like yeah. restaurant manager or something Part like that. owner. I bet, since the guy's his like basically dad that yeah. brings him in and they partner. Or yeah, that was so. definitely the vibe I got at the end. So yeah, I mean, by the end of the movie, he's doing fine. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think that's a scenario in which, I mean, he was making less money from her than her before. It wasn't an issue. I think if he had something that he liked that he was consistently working at and it just paid less, I think she would have been fine with that too. I know in my relationship, that's the key of like, are we doing the things that we want to be doing? Yeah. Cool. Then we'll figure out the money. We're, we just got to be doing things and, as long as we're doing things, we'll figure it out. Yeah. Well, I'd rather live with someone who, I mean, money does not buy happiness. Now, granted, no. money buys you like nicer things to be sad in, but mo- yes. but money does not buy you happiness. And, and like, I'd Correct. rather be with somebody who is happy and working at something they love and maybe they don't make as much. Right. Uh, I mean, most of my career, I have made less than whoever I was with. Yeah. I mean, sort of same, Mikey. And here's the thing. I make money because I we can't get into this. Yeah. We don't want to go as long as we talked about shit about this real issue. Okay, fine. Uh, <laughs> I also think that there is a societal disparity in income for certain types of jobs oh yeah where working in retail was harder than even my worst day at my job now and i got paid a fraction of what i get paid now to work in retail yeah and so for me i look at i look at this as like society just doesn't pay a lot for some stuff and that doesn't mean it's less hard it doesn't mean it's less stressful it doesn't mean it's less valid i hear you cat no your kitty's agreeing with you Paige. Because you're absolutely right. McCready knows. McCready knows. And so I I feel like you have to take some of that into account, too. There shouldn't necessarily be this like, 
we have to make the same, you have to provide whatever, you have to do whatever. Work it out amongst you to have the happiest coexistence yeah. with the most money possible. Yeah, I guess. as long as like the family partnership unit is like doing what needs to be done, great. Right. I feel the same way, Paige. I mean, like I was a like I've been in crisis counseling for the whole time, and most of the time I made not much money. You work at a nonprofit. A lot of people who work yeah. at nonprofits experience the same thing throughout their lives. Yeah. But I, I like I like helping people. That was like my big yeah. motivator. It's like I've always I always dated a lot of very bougie girls who have very successful jobs and stuff. And like I was happy. I, I wasn't making as much as other people, but I liked my job. And I'd rather be happy doing something I like than yes. than miserable. And then so like I and like girls were dating me or I mean I'd be in relationships with them and like they wouldn't say that bothered them because it's like I have like a noble quote unquote mm-hmm. like you know I'm just a big idiot. But like a noble profession. So they can't like be like you're a fucking moron for trying to help people. But like no. they kind of implied it, you know, like 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 it, it, I could tell it bothered them that I didn't make as much money as, as you know what I mean? Wow. I've never That's had someone weird. do that to me. That's crazy. I could I could feel it. OK, I care more that you like what you're doing and you're doing something that means something to you than the dollar sign attached to it. Yeah, because if you're miserable but rich, that means you're still miserable and money doesn't buy happiness to a point. It buys houses. <laughs> But, you know. I mean, it buys you a nice boat to be sat in. Right. Or a nicer couch to be sat on. I mean, I will admit that there is like a certain level of income at which it's like if you get to that baseline, then everyone's sort of the same level of happy. Well, (laughs) suicide rates and other stuff are not dependent on socioeconomic status. If your job makes you miserable, like miserable, it will not help. There's also people who like go into deep depressions and die of suicide because they feel like they have to make a certain level and they're yeah. failing their family and things. There's a lot of complex. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. I shit my pants. <laughs> you didn't. You were naked at the time. That's right. I shit the floor. <laughs> have you ever done something so dumb on, in your adult life where you just pause for like 20 seconds? Like, calculating like what the next steps are of like where you're just like Ugh. yeah like i was like am i gonna die well first of all i was like <laughs> i was like had, it was like i had that happen breakdown moment of like what <laughs> this officially has become the mikey shit the floor episode <laughs> and now it's all i want to talk not about a ton it was not a ton was this a wing stop situation <laughs> no 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 this was like salady roughage type situ it was just uh it was just a little bit it was just a little bit of stuff it just came out oh i hate this story just a couple of dribbles (laughs) no dribbles (laughs) no if what comes out of you sounds like it could have been a civil war general on the wrong side i don't want to hear about it (laughs) colonel roughage how are the supply lines holding well colonel dribbles (laughs) i'm concerned about our ability to facilitate the battle lines i don't know if i'm ever gonna get married (laughs) Um, hey We'll find her Mikey If you get married Then you have to then Come out into the Like living room Or wherever And be like I just sharded the bathroom I cleaned it up But let's laugh about it together And that's how you survive That's what I want Then you have to start Pooping in front of people On the first day Not quick No That seems really weird Hold hands Then poop That's what you do Okay It was hot chicken week Up here Hot chicken week On the front lines In Appalachia <laughs> I was like, is this like a hot chicken decade? Well, they have a special week where all the restaurants have different special, like $5 specials for their like hot chicken 
Wait, combos. Really? Yeah, did you miss it? I missed it. God damn it. I love me some hot chicken. Like you oh, no. Now you won't get your two, two chicken tenders, you fucking fuck? skinny bitch. Why can't I ever bring up food I like without you guys shaming me about portion sizes? <laughs> <laughs> the kitty meals didn't go on special, Todd. <laughs> I eat like a man. Like a smaller man. Yeah, Benjamin Button. <laughs> a man who's like, oh, I already had a pizza, but I'll just have a little snifter of chicken. Like, that's how you eat. Yeah. I I like to approach food like I approach tapas. <laughs> tapas is the worst fucking thing that's ever happened to America. First of all, no. I've been to Spain. Tapas is delicious. Yeah, tapas is great. Are they $14 a small plate over in Spain? They don't use dollars in Spain. <laughs> but they have a great train system. Easy to get around. They have very cool mosaics. Like a sushi train, but small Spanish plates. Come on, ride that train. That sushi train. All right. We got to move on. What the fuck is happening this episode? I'm processing sharding myself. <laughs> I love that this is a breakthrough we're having publicly. And how did that make you feel? Disgusting. <laughs> I immediately took a second shower. Yeah. <laughs> then I Googled symptoms for like 45 Googled minutes. Symptoms? <laughs> Am I dying of cancer? I just sharted. Is there ass cancer? Is ass cancer a thing? There is. There is ass cancer. I know. I read books. Anyway, they go home and because they do have kind of this like fight in the elevator, but it seems like they kind of resolve it and they go home. Yeah. And we cut to he goes through a number of interviews, doesn't get a job uh, and or he gets fired first because he kept delivering to Casey's and he's like, I quit because I'm going to do what I'm going to do. And it didn't feel right to stop doing it. Yeah. Uh, and then we do get him basically being like, I quit my job and she has like a pregnancy scare. And she's not pregnant, but we're like, I'm relieved. We can go hang out and celebrate. Great. We cut to the next day and she's shopping for Thanksgiving. And he's like, oh, I was going to go out with my friends tonight, but I promise I'll help you make Thanksgiving tomorrow. And as they're walking home, they pass like a pet adoption where they have a little dog. And she's like, should we should get a dog. No. OK, fine. So they keep walking. Yeah. We cut to him and his friends that night and his friends are like, no, dogs are practice babies. Get out of there. So, Todd, you have like seven babies. Yes. Practice babies. Dogs are worse than babies. OK. I don't know if that's true. Because they never grow up and like tell you they love you and stuff like that. No, they just eat your socks and stuff. Yeah. So they're trying to get him to like pull the plug because of the dog. They end up drinking all night because he ends up bartending. Yeah. And he comes home super late. He wakes up late the next morning. She's already basically done with Thanksgiving. Yeah. By the time he wakes up at like noon. Yeah. Yeah. Which sucks, man. Like, I, man, I would feel so bad if that was me because you literally told your girlfriend you would do something and fucked it up. Yep. The worst. Uh, and he's like, what can I do? And she was like, you better be supportive of every single thing I do for the next 24 hours. Yeah. So everyone shows up except that Bernie brought a date. Her name is Tracy, and she is wearing the same dress as so Joan. Funny. Which has to be a coincidence, right? Yes. Like, there's no way they... Yes. Yeah, like... But her talking shit about her in the kitchen 
is the so funniest part. Especially because she's Tracy comes in and she's clearly trying to impress me, and she's like enchanté, and they just roast her about it for the rest of the Thanksgiving. I thought of you, Paige, because you've told stories about similar things recently. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. So that funny. I thought was very funny, and in conclusion. I really enjoyed and that part because of that story. I think we cut that out of the episode. Oh, shit. Should I cut it out of this one? No, no, no. Leave it. It's okay. fine. I don't give a shit. But like, I think you cut that part out of that episode, but then said in conclusion later. <laughs> but to recap, some dumb girl was telling stories at a dinner party I was at and then ended one with end in conclusion as if she was writing a school essay. And then for the rest of the night, me and a handful of other people were like, so in conclusion, if you could pass the roles, that'd be great um, because <laughs> she was being annoying. If she was nice, we wouldn't have done it. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Enchanté. Oh, <laughs> next interview, I'm throwing it in. Oh, throwing in conclusion in? We've, we got to find more good things. And in conclusion, we get to use those good things to do better yeah. good things and get rid of bad things. Thank you and good night. Yeah. That, like, that's how it sounded. So they get into a full-blown fight. <laughs> And the three of them leave. Now, the one thing that I thought would have been funny would have been to cut to them having like a threesome would have been hilarious <laughs> to me. That would have been funny. I love when they're both storming out and he's storming out like as a couple because he brought a date and he's like, right. they're just arguing over who's going to leave. And then like after 30 seconds of like the longest fight ever, Kevin Hart pokes his head back in and he's like, hey man, this is great. Loved it. Save me a plate. And then like walks Bye. away. It's yeah. so fucking funny. I I love Tracy in that scene. Oh yeah. Because her date and ostensibly her date's ex are knocked out. They're like fighting to try and open the door first, and she's just like, "It was a real nice Thanksgiving. Thank you." <laughs> <laughs> in conclusion, nice yams. Um, so in the midst of this. Because it has not been going well. Debbie has gotten stoned. And so she throws the turkey out the window. Yeah. Now, I have been around many a, a stoned person in my life. And never once have I seen them throw away food. That seems inconsistent <laughs> for marijuana usage in my experience. That is not true to my lived experience with marijuana. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, No, no, no. In my lived experience, she'd be pulling out a turkey that was just made of pizza rolls and being like, <laughs> I tried something new this year. In conclusion, there's stuffing inside it. Anyway. Anyway, uh, we cut to the next day. She wakes up and she's just like, I had a nightmare that we had friends over for Thanksgiving. And he's just like, no nightmare, but here's a puppy. Yeah. <laughs> you can only use that trick once. Apparently you can use it six more times. <laughs> yeah. Six more times. Animal hoarding is a real problem. It's going around, man. Just trying to provide lives to these going cats. Around. That are... Don't stand too close. You'll catch it. Yeah. You know, you'll catch it. It's called compassion. <laughs> No, 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 no. No, no, no. no. I, <laughs> when you're seven, you can't really show complete compassion to any one of them. It's like one seventh yeah, compassion. Yeah, all of my animals are pretty independent. Yeah, I'm a good dad. So They're me. latchkey cats. <laughs> no, we don't let them outside. Anyway, in conclusion, they get a puppy. <laughs> and we get a montage of him like trying to go to interviews and not getting anything. The yeah. puppy tearing things up and peeing on stuff because he's a puppy. Yeah. But we also see him very much kind of bonding with that puppy, who we will find out is named Pacino. Which Love is very it. Cute. The puppy is super cute. It, even when it's fully grown up, super cute dog. Love that dog. When 
it's fully grown up, it's a fully different dog, by the way, right? Like a different breed of dog. <laughs> like like a completely, like not the same dog. I honestly don't know. I think it might be the same breed, but when it's in the puppy form, like it is very small. The puppy looks like some sort of terrier, like some sort of Yorkie situation. And then when it's air quotes grown up, I'm like, that's some sort of retriever situation. <laughs> yeah. That's like a puffy hair retriever type jam. Yeah. So yeah, yeah probably. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, But he takes it to the bar and this is where he asks to work as a bartender and comes home from his first night. Yeah. And she has stayed up to be supportive. And he's just like, so sweet, so sweet. But he's clearly feeling bad about it and feeling inadequate. Yes. And instead of articulating that, he kind of lashes out at her a little bit. And she leaves. Yeah. And and goes to Joanne's or Joanne's Joanne's Fabrics. <laughs> Look, hey, sometimes <laughs> sad girls be going to Joanne's. She's got to admit it. I get it. In yeah. conclusion, I needed to start a temperature blanket, and it's fine. <laughs> it, it was just, it's hard to watch him as a character just take just not express feelings appropriately. Yeah, it's, right. It like, was hard yeah. to watch because I rooted for them. Yeah, same, Mikey. It made me so sad. Yeah, but so we cut to Jones. And this is where she's gotten Joan up at like 530 in the morning and Joan is getting texts. I think this is already Bernie. I think they're already back together at this point. I think they got back together after Thanksgiving. Probably. And they keep it on the DL. Yeah, I think so, too. Yeah. But this is also where Joan reveals that she has a new roommate. Yes. And we briefly see the roommate. It is purely a visual gag played for jokes. Yes. Um, And then we never see that roommate again. We never know what happens. We don't know how they get them to move out or anything. Um, But we cut to Debbie on her business trip. And I know that we kind of have this technology now, but if we had it exactly the way that she demos it, I'm like, I want that so bad because it's basically instant Bluetooth pairing by tapping a device up against your headphones. Yeah. And I'm just like, I know we're pretty close to that. Yeah. Almost have that. I mean, we actually do have what she calls it. It's called near field communication. It just can't do that everywhere yet. Right. Eventually, it's going to probably go there, which is cool as shit. Which is also crazy because this movie's nine years old. Yeah. Like, that's wild. But like, I feel like I was like, man, I want that because I have Bluetooth headphones that like every time it's like pairing. Is it pairing? Finally, pay, okay, yeah. finally click, you know, or whatever. I would right. love to just like hold my phone up next to it and have it work. Yeah. Anyway, so we cut to him back home and he is working the bar and Allison shows up. Yeah. And she gets very, very drunk. He's trying to make sure that she's safe. So he brings her back to the apartment. I hate that he did that. I just I get her he a cab too. from the bar like. You're a bartender. That's like your responsibility. I think in some states, even legally, if someone's been yeah. overserved or whatever, and that's where your job ends. Uh, yes, and I think the the thing that they try to do that maybe doesn't quite work as well because she seems to wake up at the apartment is that she's unconscious and he doesn't know where to like what address to give. Yeah, and so you know what do you do? Yeah. So, uh, but he does eventually get her out of the apartment. Nothing happens. He very clearly is like, no. Yeah. Um, But then also we cut to the business trip where Debbie's boss tries to like push his way into her hotel room. Yeah. And she's just like, no, I'm not doing this. And that's her ex. Like, that's why this, like their relationship felt very like if HR knew about this, like he would be fired. Yeah. And when she comes home, he immediately tells her what happened 
Yes. And it's just like nothing happened. I'm just being completely honest with you. You know, whatever. Um, he went a bit far on that one. He should not have brought her home. I just th- don't think he thought through what his other options were. Yeah. yeah. But he is talking to Bernie, kind of living vicariously through Bernie's stuff. And he's talking through the Allison thing. Uh, and we cut to a scene that says about winter. Yeah. Joan is out working. He's asleep with the dog. She's paying bills. Her boss has her working late. They're ignoring calls from Bernie and Joan. And it cuts to New Year's where they've clearly been in kind of like a relationship detente for a while where they're like both angry but not really fighting, just kind of existing. And absolutely not talking about it. Yep. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Not talking about it. And they decide to go out for New Year's. And he's like instantly happy to be out like he's out of prison. I mean, he even says more or less that at the bar. And I do think them going to this party was sort of a test. Yeah. Because I think that she wanted them to have like a quiet night in for New Year's. Yeah. And when he gets the call from Kevin Hart and he's like, oh, it sounds like you're having a good time or whatever. And then hangs up and she's like, well, let's just go. I think she was hoping he was going to be like, no, I don't want to go. I don't want to. I don't want to do that tonight. I want to hang out with you. Yeah. Because like to me, I would at this point in my life much rather stay at home with Natalie than go to a fucking bar downtown. Yeah. On New Year's Eve. Are you kidding me? That sounds like a nightmare. It does sound like a nightmare. But they end up, you know, she is going to call a cab. She's going to leave. He follows her out. Her cab's already gone. Yeah. He makes his way home. And. Basically, they break up. Yeah, she's like packing when he gets back to the apartment. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, though, back at the New Year's party, Joan and Bernie are clearly making up. Yeah. But she basically confronts him and is like, you haven't been happy and it's been obvious since Allison. And he's like, I didn't cheat on you. That's not what this is. And she's like, well, you're not the only one who had the opportunity. And he, she did not tell him about it. Right. Uh, but he's like, so you're not happy either. And she's like, but just because things are bad doesn't mean you stop trying. Which she's right, by the way. I love that she said <laughs> like, that, man. Like, Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then she says, did you ever love me? And he just says, I don't know. In part because I think he's super drunk and that's not the time to have this conversation. You're probably right about that, but him saying that yeah. broke my heart because she was like, oh, yeah. yeah, do you love me or was this just like a really long one night stand? And I was yeah. like, fuck, that's terrible. I would yeah. be so mad someone would ask me that. I'm like, you move into my place. If this was a one night stand, you wouldn't have came over to my place. <laughs> if it was a one night stand. You wouldn't even know my real name. <laughs> I don't want people, strangers over at my house. It's where I pooped the floor. <laughs> God damn it, Mikey. You always got to make this episode about how you pooped the floor. Uh, this is it. This is the last episode <laughs> of this. Of you pooping the floor or just in general, like, I have uh, to go die now. <laughs> hey, some would say pooping is the best runner or the worst runner because it runs down your thigh. That's like an inside comedy joke that I really dig. I'm into that fucking joke that no one's going to get. I love it. Hey, did you guys watch the most recent episode of Last of Us? Yes, yeah. the diarrhea joke. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's basically exactly the joke. What do you think I thought about the whole time? I was like, it's almost like they know I chat the floor last week. <laughs> Last week, even Mikey, though- <laughs> I thought this was like a historical issue. No, this just happened. Oh, That's why I'm God. talking about it. I didn't know it was recent. We talked to you last week. 
I know. I wasn't ready. I wasn't ready to talk about it. <laughs> he was still living in shame with it, Paige. He couldn't. He couldn't let it <sighs> out yet. I didn't know if the world was ready. Sometimes you got to process that trauma, you know? I also had to wait to make sure it didn't happen again for a couple of weeks. To make, <laughs> I was like, I guess this is it. I'm retired. I didn't save up enough, but here we are. <laughs> this is where nonprofit came back to bite me in the ass as a career choice. Or rather bite you in the floor. <laughs> yeah, in my floor. Anyway, uh, <laughs> so Joan comes by and picks up all her stuff. She moves back in with Joan. And we cut to he is working at Casey's and Kevin Hart is just like, hot girls, you should go bang the hot girls. And he's like, why won't you? And he's like, I need you to do it because he won't tell people that he's back together with Joan. Right. But they fully are back together, Paige. They are fully back together. If not when you first hypothesized it, at least after New Year's. At least after New Year's. Because they at least kissed that night. We see that kiss. Yes. We see that kiss. Yeah. We see Danny meet a girl in the dog park and take her home, but he can't finish it. And man, they were about to have sex. Like she was on top of him, shirt was off, and he was like, I I can't do this. I've done this after a breakup where I brought home a girl and I was like, I'm thinking about somebody else and I can't do this. And they were not. That never goes well. No, it does not. And then I'm too honest with my feelings. Oh, yeah. And this guy can't express his feelings for like a year with this woman. But uh, he's going to be vulnerable and he's going to be like, I've had a bad breakup and I can't have sex with you because I'm thinking about another woman. That seems like a vulnerability out of nowhere. I mean, he doesn't really get into it. He just says, I can't do this. She sort yeah. of take takes offense. No, he says, I'm thinking about someone else. I mean, yeah. I, but that's all he says because that could be anybody. Yeah. That could be Rihanna. That could be God. That could be Kevin Hart for like a, a wild left turn. Like, you know, any number of things. <laughs> But either way, she just gets up and leaves. Yeah, she leaves. And we do get a a conversation between Kevin Hart and uh, Michael Ely where basically Kevin Hart is like, well, now that I'm in charge, I can pull strings if you want your job back. And he's like, you know what? I don't want my job back, but let's see if we can make something happen at Casey's. Like, let's turn it around. Yeah. And this is where he goes to Casey's and then pitches the idea of expanding into a beer garden and a restaurant. And they figure out what they're going to do. They basically make a plan. Yeah. I do like that Casey's like, uh, as long as it means you're going to stay around a lot longer. Right. And so they t- that's sort of the agreement to do it. Yeah. I really like that. Which I think he likes working at Casey's and likes yes. working with Shooter McGavin. And so he's like, I'm in it. But let's make this better. Like, now that I'm in it, let's do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got, for whatever it was, whatever circumstance it was, that Shooter McGavin was like this guy's father figure growing up. Whether yeah. he was like his dad's boyfriend or just really good friend, so was godparents to right. him. Just, he was the father figure. So I really loved that sort of coming together and doing something as a family sort of thing. I loved it. Yeah. So we cut to the next day. He's supposed to meet Kevin Hart. He shows up at his house. Opens the door only to find him balls deep in Joan wearing a chicken mask. I lost my fucking mind. (laughs) And when she was like talking about clucking and fucking, it was so, so funny, man. (laughs) Well, and he then meets up with him after and Kevin Hart is basically just like, I don't know, but this is us and this is how we work. Yeah. And she's everything. I fucking love life with her. And when I'm not with her, I just want to be with like, and it's kind of very sweet in a weird way. Yeah, it is. But we cut to a montage of him kind of improving Casey's getting the beer garden set up. Yeah. And he realizes after talking to Kevin Hart, he also feels like he 
only wants to be with Debbie and that he messed up. And so he calls her and she hangs up. She does not give him the number. She doesn't agree to meet with him. Yeah. And like over this time, like they're fixing the beer garden up, like you were saying, all this stuff is like montaging, right? Right. And the dog is like fully grown now. So it's like. Yeah. It's almost a year. The movie takes place. I was going to say, yeah, nine to 12 months. Yeah. So it's a while they were broken up. Like she hasn't heard from him for a while. Which I appreciate that this movie takes time, you know, or whatever. Those choices are why I said this feels like an adult rom-com. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So we cut to Joan and Debbie's apartment where Joan and Bernie are basically like, move out, please. But also come to Deb, come to Joan's birthday thing next week. Yeah. Uh, But this is also where we find out that Joan can't cook. And that the food is so bad it'll eat through the bag, which is so, oh my God. so strange. Paige, I watched this a little bit inebriated, and when he threw that bag at her, I was like, what is happening? What what <laughs> I thought I was like losing my mind. It was so funny. It was so funny. He said so much so quickly. Yes. Yeah. And he's like, you got to spit it in when she's not looking. And you, then you got to throw it away. But you got to do it really fast. Cause it'll eat through the bag and then she'll smell the food. <laughs> I'm just like, what is happening? And if you get caught you on your own, you didn't hear this from me. Yes. It's so fucking funny, man. But essentially they've set up her birthday as a place for them to kind of set up Danny and Debbie again. Yeah. And they do also at one point have this like little cutaway scene of them having sex in her dentist chair. Oh, wow. Yeah, that was something special. It was weird. She like seductively sticks one of the circular mirror things on a stick (laughs) into his mouth. And he's like, oh, I love that they're basically their game for anything. They just yes and each other. To the mm-hmm. end of time. And it's so funny to me. Honestly, they are the healthier couple in this movie. I think we can all agree that. Maybe. That is maybe, you know, not okay. Yeah. I, I feel like there's an escalation that's going to maybe be problematic mm-hmm. at some point. Oh, yeah. Anyway, we cut to him walking his dog. Now a completely different dog. And it takes <laughs> off and runs through traffic because it sees Debbie. I was so scared when it crossed that street page. I was like about to tear up. Yeah. But they <laughs> kind of have this little new meet cute. And yeah. he's like, well, I'm about to take him for a walk before that birthday party. Do you want to come? Yeah. And so they end up taking a walk. We cut to the birthday party. And Joan is just like, where are they? And Kevin Hart's like, do you think they figured out that we were setting them up? No, they're the dumbest people a lot. <laughs> so, why do we even hang out oh, with them? Oh, my God. The cuts between the couple that we want to end up together and are now on a walk with their dog and Kevin Hart and they're just so So funny funny. because they are having such a sweet moment. Like they're having this like re-meet cute, if you want to call it that. And they're walking the dog they got together. Like it's so sweet. Well, and when we cut to Kevin Hart and Regina Hall, he says, I love you. Yes. First, which he warned Michael Ely about earlier, but he says it. So we're like invested in them too. Yeah. And we cut back to them walking the dog and they're like, you know, what? I'm going to do another lap. Do you want to do it with me? Sure. And, and that's, that's the movie. movie. Oh, and she asked him out. She's like, we should go out. Yeah. And yeah. he's like, well, I'm about to do another lap now. He's like, let's go out now. I'm pretty sure the another lap was like another go with the relationship. And she was then saying yes to that. That's like the metaphor of the ending. But what did you guys think about the movie having talked about it? I really liked it. Genuinely liked it. Yes. I purchased it. I do like this movie. Because it was a dollar more than the rental fee. Hell yeah. I didn't and so wish I had. Because this movie is 
great. I liked it. I, I will show people. If I'm in the mood for a rom-com, this will be one of the ones I could rotate it. Yeah. I think this is one of the ones that we've done that I haven't heard of that I have been the most impressed by. Like, I didn't know this movie existed, saw it, and loved it. Like, that rarely happens on this. What does that say about our audiences here if, like, a really good movie just, like, doesn't get famous, but these very bonkers on healthy films do? Um, I will say this is one that's been requested in the group, the Facebook group, yeah. a number of times. And it just happened to be one that I knew about, you know, or whatever. Yeah, no, it's great. I loved it. I know. And and I don't know why it's not more popular. And maybe it's because it's not bonkers. I mean, it is bonkers. Like, there's some bonkers. bonkers shit in this it, movie. It is also, this is a hard R rom-com. But like in the best way. In the best way. Yes. Yeah. Because like a hard R, but I think there's almost no nudity. It is like just language hard R. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, so there's good. implied nudity. In- oh, a lot of implied nudity. Yeah. Yes. But yeah, I, I, I genuinely liked it. I'll definitely watch it again sometime. Yeah. Well, Paige, do you have any fun facts for us? I do. Well, hit us with your fun facts. Rom-com Housing, fun, fun facts. facts. Uh, they live, or rather he lives at the Pan American Lofts at 253 South Broadway Hell in Los yeah. Angeles, California. These are actually not rented apartments. They're purchased lofts. Okay. Um, and so there's a handful of them. They're pretty much all sold at this point, but they sold for anywhere from four hundred to seven hundred thousand um in okay. the last few years, which is pretty affordable by Los Angeles real estate standards, sure. especially within the city limits. Yeah. Um, but they are all kind of that, uh, like a like studio, studio, yeah. yeah, not yeah. I mean, a loft. They're mm-hmm. a loft. Yeah, small square footage, but everything you need for one person, sort of. You know. Yes, exactly. Or you know, if you're a young couple or whatever, you know, yeah. There's no backyard. There's no patio. There's no whatever. But if you want city living and to be in the middle of it, that's where that is. Yeah. So while they're sitting in the apartment and watching Chinese food, the film that they're debating is the original About Last Night from 1986. Starring Rob Lowe that's and Demi cool. Moore. I, yeah, I was wondering what movie that was because I hadn't seen it. I was like, I recognize that's Rob Lowe and Demi Moore, but I have no yep. idea what movie this is. So it's the original. This is a remake. Yeah. Uh, and it's actually a remake based on a play by David Mamet. Really? This is based on Mamet? Yes. Fuck, that's so great. The play is called Sexual Perversity in Chicago. So when he makes the toast of the Halloween party and says, here's to another night of sexual perversity in Los Angeles... It's a reference to the name of the play. Awesome. And that's the play from which both are adapted. Now, I've seen part of the, I think I've seen the original. I don't remember liking it as much as this, but I think it's probably just a little dated. Uh, I don't know that it has the added nuance that this one does. What I love so much about this version is like the Kevin Hart and Regina Hall, like their relationship and just the, the way they are together. And I, I think that they just have chemistry that like is so rare. I'm sure that makes this version better than the 86 version. Probably. And part of that could be because they had actually uh, both Kevin Hart, Michael Ely and Regina Hall had all been in a movie together only two years before called Think Like a Man, which oh. we also should do yeah, at some okay. point. But I have actually never seen. So I don't know. If it's good or not, it's a mystery. But in the movie, they go to the movies and they see No Good Deed, which is something that was actually out at the time uh, that same year. That was a good movie. 
Yeah, it's a good movie. Uh, but that's the movie that they all go to see when they're at the cinema and they're making out. Yeah. Um, now, both this and Think Like a Man from two years earlier feature songs by John Legend and Bruno Mars. Yeah. Um, and a lot of the same stars. So that could be an interesting companion piece for, you know, later in the next couple of weeks or whatever. Yeah. But yeah, those are your fun facts. Well, thank you for those fun facts, Paige. Let's talk a little bit about box office. So this movie came out in 2014. What do you think the production budget was for About Last Night? I think this is a pretty low budget. I think this is like five mil. Okay. I'm going to say 12. Mikey, you're closer. It was $14 million. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, so it's a pretty decent sized budget. I mean, Kevin Hart was definitely on the come up in in this time period. Yeah, I mean, I I mean, I think it had a big cast. I mean, it, yeah, I mean, it's like a, it's a movie. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but if you were just for inflation, that thirteen million dollars becomes just over sixteen million dollars today. Now, this movie premiered on February fourteenth, twenty fourteen, and was number two in the box office that weekend. It was beat by the number one movie, the Lego Movie, that of course. About last night, and then three RoboCop, but like the remake one they did Ugh, in 2014. I've never seen that one. I haven't seen it either. The PG 13 RoboCop. I bet he doesn't shoot a guy in the dick. Uh, and the fourth <laughs> one, The Monument Men, and number five was Endless Love. But again, About Last Night was number two. What do you think About Last Night brought in in its opening weekend? I'm going to say 14 million. Okay, you think it made its budget back? Uh, I'm going to say just under. I'm going to say nine million. Okay. Um, yeah. So fourteen nine million. It actually brought in twenty five point six million dollars at the oh, box office in its them. first weekend out. Yeah, it did really well. Um, and it was number two that weekend. It was in theaters for a total of it uh, looks like eleven weeks. Uh, so it ran sort of from mid February to late April. Uh, it was never in the top five again, but what do you think it brought in domestically at the box office? Man, if it did that well in its first couple yeah. of weeks, 40? I, I, yeah, I'm thinking 50 actually. Paige, you're closer. It was $48.6 million and it then brought in another $1.8 million internationally for a total of $50.4 million. I mean, now you know why Kevin Hart gets leading roles. Yeah. Because this made a buttload of money. And dude stands out in this film in the best way. Like yes. he, Both he and Regina Hall are like next level chewing the scenery and charming as fuck at the same time. I love it. They just look like they're having the best time making that movie. Yes. Oh, and I love Regina Hall anyway. Yes. Anytime me she's too. in anything, she cracks me up. Yeah. Uh, but this particularly the two of them is just magic mm -hmm. chef's kiss if you adjust that 50.4 million to today's dollars that's 62.3 million dollars uh and they also brought in a little over 6.5 million in domestic dvd and blu-ray sales like this movie made money nice yeah and shoulda it was great i wish i hadn't missed it yeah but that's your box office. Mike, you want to hit him with the romance scale? Yeah, romance scale. Scale of 1 to 10, how romantic we found the film when we watched it today. Paige. Honestly, I'm going to give this a 5. Okay, nice. I'm going to give it a 4. I, I really did buy the chemistry between Really? I'm going to go I'm going to give it like a 7. Oh, okay, I support cool. that, though. Yeah, me too. I, I me support too. that. I just yeah. didn't feel a lot of, like, romantic chemistry between Kevin Hart and Regina Hall. They were more, like, lusty chemistry that was, like, batshit wildcard energy. I'll give them a three. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, do, I do think Debbie and Danny have... I, I think it's a very real grounded chemistry, which is why this is, I think, the highest I've ranked a movie since we've done this. And I think that helps it helps it out for me. Yeah. Um, from a 
a realism standpoint. And I think that's why it works so well. Fuck, dude. I I think I'm going to rethink my answer. I give it a seven. Like, I think Mikey is right for me. That's a good All right. right. Seven. Seven's Let's across seven, the board. Seven, seven, seven. 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 Woo. Seven, seven, All right. That's the romance scale. Hell yeah. So this week, Paige, you made us watch about last night. And thank you so much. It was wonderful. Oh, wait. Do we want to ask if they're still together? Oh, shit. Definitely. My bad. Let's do it. What do you guys think? Are they still together? I hope so. And which couple, obviously? I think Kevin Hart and Regina Hall will grow old together. Yeah. Toxically berating people. <laughs> yes. They will but, have been divorced at least twice by the time uh-huh. they remarried. Died. Yes. And then and remarried. still together. And they will die like the notebook. Yes. I hope that Danny and Debbie yeah. end up together for forever. Yeah. Like, yeah I hope so too. I feel like if they can learn to communicate, they've got the keys to go the distance they got to get some some couples therapies and like systems counseling and they'll be good yes so this week Paige, you made us watch this movie and thank you so much i did mikey what are you gonna make us watch next week okay i'm gonna go with since this movie was really good let's get back to our bread and butter here i think will will be really bad what men want the remake of the what women want which we have done we have done what women want and that movie is terrible yeah but like but remember in what women want it was surprisingly kind of good at that's true you're right this could also be surprisingly good as a guy you don't want to hear my thoughts I already guess that it's gross. I want to see a movie about it. Well, we're going to do it. I feel like we're about to. Yay. (laughs) What men want. So your homework is to get wine drunk and then see a movie about what men truly want. And I think it's similar plot. Like it's still a marketing executive. Nice. Just looking at the cast list, I'm on board. There's a character named Captain Fucktastic. Give me this movie right now. And he is the fourth build on IMDb. (laughs) But also Phoebe Robinson's in it. Yeah, Max Greenfield's in it. Uh, Big Head from Silicon Valley's in it. Like, there's some solid people in this movie, guys. Yeah, this is going to be great, I think, maybe. Yeah, I I hope so. I've not seen it. I'm pulling a Todd. You're pulling a Todd. Mikey, I'll be honest with you. If it's not great, I'm going to shit on you so fucking hard. (laughs) You're going to feel like your floor because of what you've put me through. Every time I have picked a movie I haven't seen. To be fair, Todd, you have done this a number of times, and one of those times it was Emma. So, you know. Yeah, I again apologize for Emma. (laughs) I've researched the movie enough to be confident that I know what we're going to get. I'm excited. It's like you pull out the phone book of romantic comedies and just pick one, and you're like, it's like troubling. And we're like, you've seen this before. And you're like, no, I didn't tell you no. all this before, but no, I haven't seen it before. <laughs> that was a problem. No, but I was reading a blog about the Third Reich's best rom coms, <laughs> <laughs> and I forgot. I forgot it would be that problematic. We bring in Lenny Riefenstahl into this. Damn. <laughs> all right. What did I just say? All right. So, Mikey, do you have a review for us to read? I'm pulling it up. Hell yeah, you are. And while you're doing that, I'm going to tell them how they're going to have their review read on the podcast. And that is to leave us a five-star text review, and we'll have Mikey read it for you. God, we're getting so many reviews. So, whose review are you going to read this week, Mikey? I'm going to read Sarah.SG1. Hell yes. She loves Stargate. Oh, I honestly 
love Stargate SG-1. When it was on Showtime, it was good. I honestly didn't catch it till it was on Netflix because, you know, I couldn't afford some Showtime, but like... Well, the first like four or five... We don't have time to get into all no, this. No, we know you were poor. Gosh. Yeah. We don't have to, <laughs> we don't have to reprocess your trauma every time we talk I'm about I'm sorry. Stargate. Listen, I want to publicly apologize to Sarah SG-1 for making her review about me. Mikey, please continue. Title of the review, binge word. Okay. <laughs> Recently found the pod and binged it. All caps. Hell yeah. Paige, Mikey, and Todd are hilarious and have great camaraderie. Ooh. Yeah, we do. Ooh. I have listened to episodes on movies I have never heard of because the banter and commentary are pure gold. Oh, why thank you. I have also watched movies I've never heard of just so I could get the full <laughs> experience of the episode and understand all the inside jokes. Five stars. Well, Aww. thank you, Sarah SG1, for that awesome five-star review. And if you want to have Mikey read your five-star review, leave us a five-star review. So, um, yeah, guys, if you like this power thruple that we have here on this podcast, make sure to check out our other podcast, The Horror Virgin. And that is the only other podcast that Mikey and I are on. But Paige gets around, and she is on two other podcasts. Black Card Rehab and Cult Podcast. So guys, definitely check out those because they're amazing. If you want to follow us on social, we are at Romancing the Pod Show. Yes. On yes. Instagram. And we are at something else on Twitter who I just have never taken the time to learn it's, it. It's just Romancing Pod Show because they have a character oh. limit and it's show, S-H-O, like Showtime. So guys, check that out as well. And if you want to follow us all individually, Paige is at Rampage Wesley everywhere, including TikTok, except for Twitter, where she is at Paige Wesley. Mikey is at M Randolph 24, and I am at Todd J Awesome everywhere. And guys, we got a P.O. box. So if you want to send us some love letters or whatever you might send to a P.O. box, it's actually not a P.O. box. It's like a regular street address. It's pretty awesome. It's 6688 Nolensville Road, number 108-34, Brentwood, Tennessee, 37027. So send us some stuff. Yeah. That's going to be it for us, you guys. I'm Paige. I'm Mikey. And I'm Todd. And you complete us. To completion. So the Kurt Russell SUN movie, though, is still badass. Are we still talking about the review? No. Bye. 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 <laughs> SG1, the TV show with MacGyver nerds. It's so good. Oh.